This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free. The number for you, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Michelle. Uh, You can join us, of course, on our website as well, over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. uh, free. Lots to talk about tonight, of course. The big news, the follow-up on what we talked about last night out of the Occupy Wall Street uh, protest, which you actually went down and attended. Yes, I did in New York City. How many days were you there? I was there for four days. Four days. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I don't know if you heard the news, but yesterday it had been announced that early this morning they were planning on kicking everyone out of uh, the park. It is, in fact, a private park owned privately, but there is some deal that the city requires that it have public access 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I'm not really sure how they compel. It's strange. Yeah, it's convoluted, you know. It's called uh, Zuccotti Park, and it's owned by Brookfield Properties, uh, Brookfield Office Properties Incorporated. So it turns out they backed down. Uh, They decided to not evict people from the park this morning, and they instead have delayed their planned cleaning of Zuccotti Park. And according to the deputy mayor, uh, late last night we received notice from the owners of Zuccotti Park that they're postponing their cleaning of the park and, for the time being, withdrawing their request from earlier in the week for police assistance during their cleaning operation. Brookfield believes they can work out an arrangement with the protesters that will ensure the park remains clean, safe, available for public use, and the situation is respectful of residents and businesses downtown, and we will continue to monitor the situation. So basically, the the company uh, decided they'd rather make an agreement with the protesters than use force on them. Gee, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. I think so, too. You know, there were so many complaints. Um, I, did a, I did a blog post on CD Evolution dot org uh, cdevolution.org yes um because that's who sponsored me to go down there civil disobedience evolution fund exactly Mm -hmm. and uh you know from what i witnessed there was absolutely no violence by any of the protesters they were all very reasonable in how they interacted with one another and other people and they weren't um disrupting any business that was going on etc someone said something about them urinating in the park did not see anything like that whatsoever and um there were all kinds of agris open market businesses going on there whether it was cigarettes um and uh, water bottles and food being prepared. They had set up a security um, for at nighttime so that the police couldn't come and, and bother the protesters. It's funny, the security was set up to protect the protesters from police, not from, you know, what you would typically think you need uh, uh, policing, like from theft or from, right. you know, those sorts of things. And, um, and as far as the cleanliness, this one officer who goes by Massa... <laughs> He um he remarked <laughs> yeah I know he remarked, but he actually happens to be an oath keeper and, and mm-hmm. I think it was kind of tongue in cheek he actually said that the uh, young man who is, had been kind of hired by the uh, uh, the protesters or the occupiers they don't like to be called protesters occupiers to clean up every morning he said that kid was hustling and if I had a job I would hire him to do the job. Mm. So, you know, the um, and as far as the blue shirt police, they had no problems with the occupiers and the occupiers didn't seem to have much of a problem with them. It was really the white shirts that were the problem. And Michael Bloomberg, I think, is is a, a, a sore 
You know, he keeps changing his mind every other day. It's, yeah, we're going to allow them to have free speech. Oh, we're going to corral them and, and arrest them all. Oh, this day we're going to do this. And, um, you know, I think that the occupiers are doing great. Just ignoring him and doing what they do. Yeah, so this morning, uh, apparently the word came down around 6.30 to the crowd of folks that were preparing themselves to be arrested. Mm-hmm. I mean, these many of them, were, some of them were going to pack up and leave, but a lot of them were prepared to, you know, stick it out and go ahead and go to, you know, put some get some handcuffs put on themselves because of this. Uh, according to the New York Post, hundreds of Occupy Wall Street protesters emboldened by officials backing down this morning from evicting them from the Zuccotti Park campsite for a 7 a.m. cleaning stormed Wall Street, leaping over barriers and getting into a fracas with police. Nice. A throng of protesters streamed. Well, it it, it ends up looking violent, right? Oh, uh, well. There's a photo here of what appears to be a police officer throwing a punch uh, at a protester. Things turned predictably violent as cops tackled protesters and chased them up the street, forcing everyone to the sidewalks in what turned into a melee. Uh, according mm-hmm. to protester James Sinclair, we were just marching there, assaulting us. Police arrested at least eight people on Beaver Street as a throng of protesters flipped over a police scooter on Broadway. Cuffed protesters yelled, the whole world is watching. Shame on you. Five more were arrested at another corner where protesters got into a confrontation with a police officer on a scooter. A protester's leg ended up under the officer's scooter. In all, 15 people were arrested as they marched back to the park by 8.30 in the morning. In another uh, piece over at the Wall Street Journal, it says that approximately 100 people uh, at one point went out and sat down, I guess, in the middle of the road, uh, according to, I believe, yeah, about 100 protesters sat down in front of police vehicles. Police arrested at least two people as hundreds raised brooms into the air and moved onto Wall Street. So it sounds so like. So they're cleaning up Wall Street. Is that the idea with the brooms? I don't know about the uh, Wall Street, but they certainly are likely going to be cleaning up. Z- you know, Zuccotti Park okay. as part oh, of so, an agreement with uh, the owners. Oh, okay. So the the brooms weren't symbolic. They were. I, I'm not certain about okay. uh, what the brooms were about. Right. If, if you were there, though, and you'd like to explain, you're certainly welcome to do so at 855-450-FREE. But a big, uh, big morning in New York City as last night there was a lot of tension likely uh, around that situation after it's been weeks that these folks have been there camping out, protesting. Uh, the expect, uh, expectation was that they were going to be kicked out in the morning. The park was going to be cleaned. Then people were going to be allowed back into the park. However, <laughs> at that point, they were supposed to be enforcing the police were at that point supposed to be enforcing some sort of city regulations that prevent uh, people from like setting things down. So if you have a backpack, for instance, you want to put it down, maybe it's too heavy, you know, get a little heavy for you, sure. uh, then that would be against the, some sort of city ordinance. Certainly you wouldn't be able to put up a tent or, or put a table up or do anything that would be more than you just simply walking around through the park. Right. And, and I think that that's what I really like about the occupation that I saw in New York is that they're, they're not – they're protesting. They have marches and things like that. But their point is we are occupying. We're just staying here and we're not leaving. And I think that that's a pretty effective, actually, means of of garnishing, you know, support. I mean, we've had Kanye West down there and uh, Mark Ruffalo, if you're familiar with that actor. I've heard the name, but I don't... Yeah, so Kanye West is a singer, and and then there's um, another hip-hop artist. And, you know, I think for them... Susan Sarandon went down there. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm on this bandwagon, too. Yeah, power to the people. And sure. there was a little bit of a joke that, you know, Kanye was down there with his $5,000 jeans or yeah. something. 
yeah. <laughs> not quite that, but yes. And um, I, you know, I don't really care how much someone's outfit you know costs. I've I've had thousand dollar jeans before, and and uh, they wore out just as fast as That's my fifteen dollar ones. ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So one eight five five four fifty free is the number. I don't know what else. Uh, you know, if there's more to report about this. So, so apparently there was a conflict with the police today. That's probably a little unfortunate. But then again, as is in many cases, uh, it's likely the police initiated the violence. That's that's usually how it goes. Right, and I think that they would, based on what I uh, heard from them, they would justify it in saying, well, that there was a barrier up, and so they, you know, these people stormed the barrier. And therefore, you know, the police were doing their job. Considering Chase Morgan just donated $4.2 million to the police department. Did you know about that? Mm, yes, we did talk about that. Yeah, yeah. $4.2 million. It was prior to all security. of this, apparently. It, it was prior to any of these things happening. Uh, hmm. So it really just shows that there's there have been long-standing ties between the police and these big banks. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, coming up still, uh, speaking of uh, the police and hurting people, apparently there's a grandmother who's suing the police over what happened with uh, a raid on her home. But also, we've got our own little situation with a, a park here yes, in town, uh, Michelle. And uh, we actually, we spent the afternoon together kind of mediating this situation, dealing with this situation. So Trying to. We're looking for ideas, and we'll throw, we'll give you more detail on that coming up here in a moment. And, of course, you're welcome to share whatever's on your mind at 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll free at 1-855-453-FREE. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Michelle. And we want to invite you also to our website. Uh, We've got a lot of features. They are free, including the mobile sites. If you want to get quick access to our live streams and podcast, head over to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. To do that, that's mobile, or rather m.freetalklive.com. Dot com. And speaking of SACL CAI, if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, get in touch with SACL CAI. They do collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner right at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. Now, there is more news from the various different Occupy uh, protests around the country. Uh, it was a big, it was a pretty successful day in New York City, where on Wall Street at Zuccotti Park, the protesters were expecting to be arrested in mass this morning uh, because they were going to be evicted from the park while the park's owners had it cleaned, then allowed uh, allowing people back in, although not allowing them to uh, to continue camping at that point. So it was going to supposedly going to be a real big crackdown kind of a day. 
ended up not happening. The park's owners decided they'd rather negotiate with the, uh, the, the folks that are occupying the park rather than bring the police in to, you know, to bust some heads. And, you so know, cooler I, heads prevailed in this case. I had understood, I just assumed, actually, no one told me otherwise, that the park was public. It just didn't occur to me that it was private and because of the sign that says 24-hour-a-day access by the public or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So at the point when I found privately out, owned, but they're following regulations, right? Right. I mean, I just don't... I So I have some, I'm conflicted a little bit because I believe that private property is, you know, people ought to be able to do what they want with their property. So if this man wants to have the occupiers removed and it's private property, fully, truly private property, then he ought to be able to use force if necessary to remove people from his property. That's true. I mean, if they haven't moved after they've been asked to move, right. then that would be acceptable. The very minimal level of force that's necessary to yep. get people uh, to leave. That's true. But as you, you know, as, as was pointed out, there's some sort of weird interlocking agreement between right. the owner and the government, uh, or maybe it's just government rules that are being forced upon the owner or who knows what. But certainly the government was willing to do their bidding by using the police to move yeah. the, the, the protesters out. But again, they came to a, a resolution. So everything's okay, at least as far as uh, we've heard out of Wall Street. But there are other Occupy protests going on across the country. And in fact, many more are expected tomorrow on what is supposed to be like a national day of occupation. Yes. So uh, even here in our little Keene, New Hampshire, there's going to be an Occupy event uh, just after high noon tomorrow in downtown Keene. Uh, but right now it's happening in many places, uh, larger cities, of course, including San Diego, where, according to NBC San Diego, two demonstrators at what has been a week-long Occupy San Diego protest were arrested today at their Civic Center Plaza. At about noon, officers began moving protesters out of the plaza and protesters resisted. Five were pepper sprayed. An additional mm. protester was arrested. San Diego police officers held true to their warning and forcibly removed tents that had not been removed by the midnight deadline. At approximately 7.30, they arrested one man. Officers had released a warning to the organizers of Occupy San Diego as of Thursday afternoon, and they gave a midnight deadline originally, but then extended the warning until 7 a.m. Any tents left on the property would be removed, and those who resisted would be arrested. So it sounds like a similar tactic as what they were intending to do in New York City is, you know, give these folks warning, give them a heads up, hey, if you don't leave, we're going to possibly hurt you, and then move in with with the troops. And that's basically what they did. Uh, The last tent was removed at noon, but a group of occupiers remained in the plaza. More officers arrived on motorcycles and stood in a line near the protesters. A portion was closed off with chain-link fence, and city employees were clearing it uh, out after the tents were impounded. Protesters yelled at the police, thank you for stealing our home. <laughs> and uh, so apparently they did stay peaceful. There weren't uh, any fights in, in that particular case. And what will happen in San Diego at this point is uncertain. Assistant Chief Boyd uh, Boyd Long held an open dialogue with the protesters in on uh, Thursday afternoon. He told them they had to remove their tents and property and cannot bring them back. So it sounds like, again, the exact same tactic that they would have used in New York City to make it so that once we clean up this park, if we see anybody put anything down on the ground again, you'll be arrested. So to basically okay. really cut back on the ability of people to occupy these these parks because of a critical factor is that somebody can camp there. 
So they need a thousand more people to go down there and make it completely inefficient and and cost ineffective, prohibitive to to arrest those people for that. Well, when you say a thousand more people go down, do you mean to set up tents? To occupy, yes. Okay, I see. Yes, make it so cost prohibitive that they have to back down. Boy. That the police have to back down. That's, That's That sounds good, and numbers certainly are a critical factor here, and I bet you they have more numbers in New York City than they do in San Diego. I, I'm not sure, but I'm just... Right. San Diego's only been going for a week. New York City's a solid month uh, pretty much at this but point. But you know, there were only a couple hundred people at Occupy Wall Street that were in Liberty Plus. It's not that big. Mm-hmm. The park's not that large. And uh, so, but after I left, I guess there was a groundswell of people... Typically, for the marches and things, people were getting off work and going down for seven o'clock marches. I see. And so they, you know, then a a bunch more would uh, descend upon the area. So there's more uh, news, not just out of San Diego, but also Denver, where approximately two dozen people were arrested. Uh, Some people are claiming that they weren't part of the Occupy Denver group. But how do you how do you determine that? I mean, unless you unless you ask each of the people that the police arrested, are you part of Occupy Denver? <laughs> how would they be able to say that they didn't think that they were? Uh, you know, according to the story, there was another crackdown uh, that happened in Denver. It happened about two uh, forty-five in the morning when Denver police and sheriff's deputies began removing tents from Veterans Park. Uh, many protesters had removed their tents and vacated the park voluntarily, although others chose to stay and risk arrest. So there were a few brief moments of pushing and shoving between protesters and police, but things remained relatively calm. Protesters expressed anger with the decision to remove them from the park. One said, I think we have a right to be here, and I think they're in the wrong. Just because we're homeless doesn't mean that they can't be homeless just like – just because we're homeless doesn't mean they can't be homeless just like us in a minute, meaning the city employees who did the, uh, the evicting. We're here just to be respectful and try to express our opinions. That's all. And I think many of these other parks are likely uh, government parks, but I haven't done the the research on the you know the details as to veteran veterans park. That sounds like a government yeah, kind of right. park, right? Uh, yeah. So again, about two dozen people arrested in Denver today. Uh, more arrests in San Diego. A bunch of arrests in Iowa. Uh, there's an Occupy Iowa. Yes, there is in Des Moines. What happened there? Any um, any idea? Uh, you know, I was just getting ready to read about it there. Um, Someone pinged me or whatever. That I guess there were a hundred people or something that were arrested. Wow, that's a pretty big deal. It Occupy is. Seattle also uh, resulted in arrests as well, which once again has to do with people being forced to take down uh, their tents. So it seems like across the country there's a nationwide effort by the police to get people to clear out their tents. So Conven- everyone get down there with your tents. Conveniently, <laughs> the day before. The National Occupy Protest. Imagine that. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 1-855-453. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. 
And Michelle. And, of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. You know those other talk shows, they want to charge you for accessing their websites uh, and their whatever features they have there. I think you'll find that we have more features for free than you'll pay for on a lot of those other talk show websites. Pictures of pretty girls. There's the Shine of Female listeners for sure. And there's also years worth of the show available to you for download. You don't have to log in or click through any ads or anything like that. You just go and download however much you want. It's all free over at freetalklive.com. So do enjoy all of that on us. Ruger, by the way, has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a new and slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact and has various safety features, including three-dot sight system, and Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own. Made in America and made for you. That's Ruger.com. So, continuing the news about the Occupy events happening around the country, uh, where it also seems like the police departments of the country have managed to organize themselves, and they, it seems awfully coincidental that the crackdowns are happening a day before the national Occupy event that is, is going on around the I country think it's tomorrow. Great. I, do, I think the, the, the crackdown, down? Yes, I think it's actually going to backfire on the state. You, meaning that uh, people will be so upset by what they see that they're more likely to come They'll out tomorrow? they bring five friends with them. I think you might be right about yeah. that. I hope you're right about that. And we're seeing a variety of levels of compliance. Uh, in New York City, they actually didn't have to non-comply because uh, the cops never made a move due to the fact that there was an agreement between the owner of the property and the occupiers. They're going to work something out rather than mm-hmm. use the force of the state, which is great news. In other places... A lot of people are occupying state-run property, like completely government, so-called public property. Yes. And in those cases, it's basically up to you know the aggressors, the people calling themselves the city, to decide whether or not to use discretion. And in many cases, they aren't. They're cracking down. They're telling people. They told people yesterday, you move your tents by a certain time of uh, of night, or else we're going to come in. We're going to take your property from you. You are not going to get it back. Uh, and if you if you sit or stand in our way in any way, shape, or form, we will arrest you. And around the country, we've seen people have been arrested. San Diego, a couple of people arrested. Uh, there was also news out of uh, Detroit where – excuse me, not Detroit, Denver mm-hmm. – uh, where a couple dozen people were arrested. And then – 30 Michelle, in Iowa. I you had said 100. Early. I misspoke, yes. 30 in Iowa and two juveniles. And, but you that's know, pretty – that's that's a pretty um, large amount of people, 30 people absolutely, to be arrested. Especially from that area given how many people were out there in the first place. One of the things that has been uh, interesting to watch is the difference between those areas like Philly that go ahead and get permits – the one, mm. the area, the places that seem to be getting permits are are having a harder time resisting the police, and um, really, yeah, than the places that didn't get permits in the first place. So that's that's kind of my contention is if you take ownership of yourself, then and you have a line, you know, in the sand, and you have a clear goal and a clear vision in mind for what you for what you want. Then it's you know a, a mind that is made up. There's nothing stronger than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troy Casey says that's a friend of mine. And um, in any case, I think that the Occupy Wall Street people had their minds made up about what it is that they were upset about, and that they were going to take over that area and occupy it, 
and they weren't going to ask permission. They set up tents, they are set up, you know, sleeping bags, whatever. And I think that some of the other places like Philly and, and what have you started out by getting permits and asking permission in the first place. Right. They're appeasing the very man that they supposedly yeah, are against. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of go into it kind of weak-kneed. Absolutely. You know? It makes me sad whenever I hear people suggesting that. And I, I had heard a similar suggestion at the Occupy Keen organizational, or mm. what are they called, General Assembly meeting that I attended on Sunday night uh, about getting attempting to get a protest to shut down the street, which seemed... You know, a permit rather to uh, shut down the street, right. uh, which seemed pretty unbelievable that it would even be taken seriously by you know the city council in the first place. I mean, can you imagine someone going and and asking you right. know, the city council, can we you know sh- shut down Main Street so we can have a a march? That's pretty unlikely. Uh, but but even so, you're right. It's it's the whole bowing down thing in but advance. But it separates private property from public property. You, no matter what you try to do, cannot get a permit to come onto my property. No one can get a permit to come onto your property and to come in this house. They cannot go somewhere and 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 get a permit for them. They Unless they're to, the government, in which case exactly, they can do whatever they want. Exactly, they can get a warrant, yeah. and and so that's a different thing. But no one, I I couldn't if I wanted to be here and you didn't want me here, I couldn't go to the city and say, right. you know, get a permit. So that clearly defines the difference between private property and public pro- property. If it's in fact p- public property. Then you ought not to need a permit anyway because you own that property. Supposedly. You're a co-owner. Although right. we found out here in Keene that uh, if they decide if they decide they can ban you from so-called public property, our our friend Derek, who's a mm-hmm. co-host on this show, has been banned for a year from Keene Central Square, which isn't even a park. It's a, it's what they call a common. Which in New England, these common areas have gone back historically hundreds of years, and they are have always had this reputation of being a place where everyone was allowed to go. I've been evicted from Miller Park. Oh, where is that? Miller Park is out near Peterborough. Gotcha. It's just beyond there. Evicted, yes. but given a no trespass notice. If I if I go onto the property, I will be arrested. Wow. I know. I know, and because of Blue, my nice dog. dog. Yeah. You let him off the leash, and they didn't like that very much, huh? No. So one eight five five four fifty free is the number. Uh, other news out of uh, Seattle Times, where several Occupy Seattle protesters were arrested last night. Uh, one more detained this morning. Ten protesters arrested after they refused to leave a tent-like structure set up in Seattle's Westlake Park. So it sounds like they were arrested for. That sounds weird. Why would they arrest the uh, the protesters for 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 leaving a tent? Wait, for not taking it. Hold on a second. Well, how is this written here? They were arrested after they refused to leave a tent-like structure set up. I see. So they were taking down the tent and apparently told to keep it there. Amid chanting and beating drums, saxophone music, cheers and jeers, the tent protesters were removed from the tent and arrested. About 7.30 uh, this morning, a man was detained after it appeared. He was trying to take some items back from park workers who were cleaning out the area. Maybe that's written wrong. How strange. Why would why would they say that why would they arrest people for taking down a tent unless it was like some sort of state tent it was a three-sided white cloth affair not a real tent and it was eventually removed by police while five protesters were still inside they were left behind sitting in a circle with linked arms toward 11:30 police were standing over five people it must have been written wrong if the police took the tent away isn't that have... funny, though? Stand up. Sit down. Stand up. Right. Sit down. Don't sit down. Okay, I'll stand up. You're being arrested for standing up. <laughs> 
toward 11.30, police were standing over five people who had linked arms sitting in the middle of the park. It was unclear whether they were being reasoned with or citing. And then the police left amid loud cheering from the protesters. Seattle Police Chief uh, Assistant said uh, said he tried to quell several protesters who claimed their friend was wrongfully detained. Uh, He said that officers are not there to make arrests unless they have to. Each morning, parks workers and police surround the protesters and ask them to pick up their belongings so the ground can be washed and trash can be collected. This morning, two garbage trucks and about a dozen parks workers gathered at the site. About three dozen protesters were at the park this morning. They said 30 had spent the night in the park and that police had been allowing protesters to be in the park all night long so long as they aren't camping. And so, again, you've got another example of the police refusing to allow people uh, to camp out in these ostensibly public places. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would be upset if somebody put a, a tent up in the, the local park. They they would be, you know, they would be upset about that because they see the wow. park as a place where, you know, they should be able to go without having to run into somebody's tent. Wait until we have tent cities all over. You mean like as the economy gets worse? Right. Toll-free number here is 855-453. Well, we actually had a tent uh, city here. There in, still is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm told it's still there. And that's because the owner of that property doesn't care about it. He's, he's fine with them being there. Mm-hmm. So if you've got public uh, private property, then they can't do as much to you about it. More on the way here at Your Thoughts. Uh, welcome as the crackdowns around the country continue. But it's not just Occupy news that we've got for you tonight. Uh, there's much more on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. 855-453. It's Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at fff at fff.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's fff at fff.org. This is Free Talk Live. You may dial in and take control of these airwaves. The toll-free number for you is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And tonight in the studio, it's Ian here. And Michelle. And, of course, uh, you no can Mark. No, Mark's on vacation until Tuesday, I think. So, enjoy the time without him. If you are the... <laughs> If you do enjoy the time without him. That's terrible. Some people like Mark. Some people don't. Some people like me. Some people don't. Some people like you, Michelle, and some don't. No. Yeah. Everyone loves me. <laughs> well, I know it's, it's more not like a like-dislike. It's more like a love-hate You thing. think so? Oh, yeah. I seem to either really you know, impress people or get under their skin in a that big way. That just means you make a difference, you know? Really? Yeah. You're so sweet. Well, because if, you, if you're inconsequential, then people won't hate you. Oh. Right? If, if you're okay. just... If you just don't matter, then right. they're not going to spend time hating you. They're going to find someone else to, to hate there. that actually makes a difference in their world in a, in a way that they don't like. Right. right. I feel so much better now. I hope so. one <laughs> free is the number here. Also uh, coming up on October 19th, Ron Paul. Yeah, maybe you've heard about this this campaign this time around. Maybe he's been getting a little bit more attention than the last time he ran a presidential campaign. But still, the media blackout is in full effect uh, in many cases with, with the Ron Paul campaign. Uh, despite the fact that he's doing much better in polls this time around than last time, they still aren't interested in giving him attention. And so there's a plan to deal with that over at blackthisout.com. October 19th, liberty lovers everywhere intend to create a ripple so big 
that no media outlet will be able to ignore it. So you can go to blackthisout.com and get involved. That's blackthisout.com. And, and Michelle, you said you're a, a Ron Paul supporter. I am a supporter of the message of bringing the troops home, ending the wars, ending the Federal Reserve, and uh, and having a, a currency that is that's a hard currency, not a fiat currency. So he happens to be the messenger. If he were to change his message, I would no longer support him. So, yes. He's doing a good job, and you can help him out over at blackthisout.com. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Troy is on the line in L.A. Troy, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight, Troy? Uh, well, uh, I was just on the Internet here, and uh, we were talking about health, and uh, Michelle said I should call in. That was That's a good thread you have going there. You're talking about the flu shot and discouraging. This is like the flu season and time. You know, I see advertisements everywhere, like the CVS, mm. where people are. Get your flu shot. Get your flu shot. No prescription necessary. I've never had a flu shot. No, nope, me neither. Yeah, I never had a flu shot either. And so, uh, and I think there's a little bit of a conflict of interest because there's not a lot of information uh, out on the toxic elements that are in the flu shots. And it's just marketed to the unassuming like it is, um, you know, very beneficial. However, I'm on the Internet every day and I hear people talk about all sorts of side effects, including getting extremely sick and getting neurological damage. Well, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of information out there about it, and I don't really understand. It's It seems like it's just based on fear. I mean, they're just fear-mongering the idea that uh, the flu is somehow a severe risk to most people. I don't I don't really see that being the case. I understand some people do die of, uh, of getting the flu, but people die of a variety of things every single uh, day in this country. It seems more people have died from the flu shot than have been dying from the flu. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, I know that Mark yeah. has had a real personal uh, negative experience with taking a flu shot in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah, and I think I think uh, so many people are so wrapped up in this whole thing about dying, and they're so afraid to live because they're so afraid of dying. Mm-hmm. And dying is a part of life, and people get so caught up, like some magic pill is going to save them from everything, every time, everywhere. And the fact of the matter is, uh, I don't think you can sterilize the whole planet away from you know pathogens. We're in symbiotic relationship with uh, microbes, pathogens, bacteria, viruses. And it's about making your constitution strong. When your constitution's strong, your immune system's strong, you can fight off all of this stuff. And they don't teach you how to do that in school. They don't teach you about bioaccumulation of toxicity in your body and how to clean out your liver, your kidneys, and colon, something elders did uh, 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 in in our years past and kind of just left our culture. So, Troy, what do you think about... A couple months ago, we talked about uh, Michelle Obama's proposal to you know invert the food pyramid and and to have a, a a change in in the structure of how food and and nutrition is taught in the school systems and not only that they're trying to make it illegal for you know not only in New York City can you not can restaurants not have trans fats but then um trying to make it so that uh, cha- uh restaurant chains have to uh, give children 
uh, desserts that do not have sugar in them. Oh, geez. Exactly. So you can get a chocolate, you can get a brownie and it's made of beans. Well, I've had raw food desserts that you would, you would never think that they're not, that they're made without sugar. They're raw and mm-hmm. they're delicious. But the idea that it's going to be legislated is yeah, to me scary. ridiculous. It really is a, is a dangerous world to go to a slippery slope. Because as soon as they start controlling one thing, then you, before you know it, they're controlling 10,000 things. And then, you know, before you know it, they're inventorying your, your pantry and your kitchen, uh, sending uh, government agents into your house to make sure that you don't have any sweets that you could possibly be feeding your children. Uh, or raw milk. Yeah, well, exactly. We know they're doing raids yeah. on raw milk stores. So, I mean, the camel's nose is already under the tent in a lot of, uh, a lot of different ways. Troy, your thoughts? Well, I mean, you guys said a lot in those two uh, uh, sentences there. Um, first of all, I think that there is um, miseducation, misalignment of thoughts, misalignment of understanding of what's happening across the board systematically uh, on the planet, whether it's political, economical, uh, uh, agriculturally. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is the systems are completely backwards from the bankers down. We, 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 we have to wean ourselves off of oil, drugs, weapons, chemicals, and agribusiness. These are the five industries that run the world. Wars are fought on oil. And so, and everything kind of trickles down from there. The weapons industry is intertwined with the chemical industry, which is intertwined with the agribusiness industry. Uh, we don't know what food is anymore because it's not really defined because all these other industries are intertwined with them. So people are completely bamboozled and confused. So the do-gooders get in there and they say, hey, let's ban trans fats and let's ban sugar because these things are drugs. And, and it's just a mass confusion of people are just completely lost and they're not being responsible for themselves. So my whole thing is about education from the ground up on, 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 on what is what. And there is a natural uh, uh, biological match uh, for human biochemistry in nature. And so we have gotten away from the natural world uh, in many facets, everything from C-sections and, 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 and uh, births and uh, being disconnected with our shoes to the actual earth, uh, and not being grounded to uh, uh, eating GMOs. And All right, so, so uh, I agree stuff. with generally the kind of the thrust of your statement, but I mean the idea that people shouldn't wear shoes, really? <laughs> well, I'm not mandating that. I'm just right. saying. No, I, I understand educate, that, but let's get. Let's educate people on on being reconnected to nature yeah. and activating their own intuition and utilizing the intelligence and reclaiming the power that human beings innately have inside of them. And then as we all become sovereign nations and we become personally responsible for our own bloodstream and whatever goes in the pie hole, then we can create a just world that's out there. But while everyone's confused and bamboozled to actually what is food, what is nature, <clears throat> what is our responsibility in the world and then they're looking outside and blaming others and thinking that the government's going to help them or or this that or the other thing they're just confused you know i believe the next evolution in human in human history will be when we all become responsible transparent uh integrous sovereign nations responsible for our own bloodstream first and then being able to teach that same level of integrity out to our brothers and sisters that sounds nice. You know, you mentioned the food connection and everything, and and uh, just today, my, 
Ian and I had lunch and my sons were out driving around and they, they showed up really late. And I, I asked Elmar, I said, what took you so long to get to the restaurant? And he said to me, he said, I'm sorry, I was so hungry that I got confused. And now my kids are, you know, very in tune with their bodies and, and what have you. And, and he understood that his, as his blood sugar got low, he started, he doesn't make as good decisions, you know, and, and for people who maybe aren't in tune, I can't, I just can't imagine how, you know, with the obesity rate and the diseased rate of people, the disease state of people in this society, they can't possibly be making good decisions. Troy, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. I get the idea of, of reconnecting, and I certainly appreciate nature, but I also appreciate that there are rusty nails and like pieces of glass out there, and I don't really want to be <laughs> stepping on those. That's I wear shoes no, for a practical reason. No, but I'm going to get you out on a walk in the grass, though, without your shoes. Oh, that's fine. I mean, as long as there's nothing Barefoot out there. Barefoot in the park. It just all depends, man. I mean, there could be some broken bottle out there. I don't want to say, like, I live in fear, but on the other hand, once you've right. been stabbed enough times in the foot, <laughs> you just have to be a little cautious. Hour two is next. You can bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. one 855 453 That is the number brought to you by SACL CAI. 855-450-FREE. You can, of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you. They are free. Like uh, all the everything on our site is, is free, uh, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites. So go to freetalklive.com. According to the Colorado Springs Gazette at gazette.com, a Colorado Springs grandmother who suffered a heart attack when drug agents stormed into her home in 2009 has filed suit claiming the officer's tactics were extreme, unreasonable, and outrageous. Rose Ann Santavistan, age 71, is suing for medical expenses and non-economic losses such as pain and suffering. An emphysema sufferer, that's no fun, Santa Stephen was alone in bed receiving oxygen on October 6th of 2009 when a multi-jurisdictional SWAT task force with a bench warrant, or excuse me, search warrant rather, surrounded her home in the uh, block of wherever street in Colorado Springs. They threw in a flashbang grenade before rushing in with guns drawn, according to the police report, uh, stricken by a heart attack. Santa Stephen was admitted in critical condition at the hospital in the area where she remained for several days. A search of her home, yeah, you guessed it, turned up no drugs. Imagine that. They made no arrests. The personal injuries. They just went in and went through her panties. Pretty much, yeah. Your grandma. I mean, this could be your grandmother that this happened to. 
If there are people out there that still are under this belief, this mistaken, uh, ludicrous belief that, oh, well, I don't do drugs, so it's no big deal if the police go around and enforce those drug laws. The drug users are bad. Wait until they're coming after the vitamins or wait until they're coming after hair clips because they're dangerous or they're plastic well, or, or something. You, I mean, some, <laughs> somebody might be able to look at what you're saying there and say, oh, Michelle, you're being hyperbolic. They're not going to do that. But there are people that want them to go after vitamins. Marijuana used to be legal. Heroin used to be legal. And when heroin was legal 100 years ago, you could go into a pharmacy. You could get um, something that was like clean and and sterile or whatever and basically there was a a three percent uh drug addiction rate at that point which is basically the same drug addiction rate that Mm. that occurs today only it's illegal and and it contributes to the drug wars and it contributes to to disease and aids and dirty needles and you know, whatever, and blah, 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 and yes, I'm going to rant. <laughs> you should. You're supposed to get passionate on the radio. You actually, we, uh, were in the, some of us were in the park last night uh, for what was, was called a nightcap around here, although it really wasn't much of a nightcap because the police have recently been cracking down uh, on the park. One officer uh, came out uh, to the park shortly after uh, we had arrived there and was on his bicycle and just kind of hanging there on his bicycle watching things. So as usual, uh, it turned into talk to a cop night uh, (laughs) where folks came up and uh, conversation ensued. And again, a lot of the the police in Keene, uh, which is where we do the show, Keene, New Hampshire, are are very friendly. You know, they're they're not the worst cops in the world. They they could be a lot worse uh, than they are. But one of the issues that we discussed with him was uh, the, the war on drugs. And his basic position was that he could not be convinced. So he had made up his mind mm. that uh, that he was not going to be persuaded in any way, shape, or form. It didn't matter what we said. It didn't matter that you can point out how in Portugal that uh, drug decriminalization over the last decade has resulted in uh, having the amount of drug addicts in the country since wow. prior to uh, drugs being completely illegal. And so it doesn't matter if you tell, you know, re- relate whatever statistics that you know crime has dropped dramatically in areas of drug decriminalization like Portugal. Uh, it just doesn't matter. It would He's increase not free market opportunities. Just think I could possibly have a clinic where you could come get clean, but I can't possibly have a clinic like that now nope. except through the state because then – People would have to fess up that they're addicted to drugs, in which case there would be a sting. And they're I mean, scared. They don't like, want to do that. Like we were talking about um, like what's going on in California right now, where you can, according to California state law, you can get a you can have medical marijuana. And so people have, you know, opened up businesses right. and what have you. And um, the United States federal government has seized yesterday. A quarter of a million dollars from two bank accounts. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, controlled by medical marijuana dispensaries. So these dispensaries are operating legally in the state of California, according to California state law. And the federal government has come in and confiscated $247,875. It's horrible. And the tax agents, but they did it under a tax uh, uh, thing because what had happened is they... The deposits were under ten thousand dollars, and they mm. made multiple deposits. Right. So that they didn't have to exactly. Mm-hmm. So they uh, it was the tax agents actually, not the uh, Department of, not the DEA or right. Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. It was the tax 
That's horrible. The tax man that did that. I've got other California pot uh, dispensary related news here in a moment. Uh, but just a little bit more about what's going on in, again, uh, Colorado Springs, where a grandmother, 71 years old, has sued because the police came into her home. They threw a flashbang in and found no drugs. The personal injury suit filed in district court, uh, the U.S. District Court in Denver, marks the latest allegation to plague a major drug operation dubbed Operation G's Louise. Seven-month probe was spearheaded by the FBI Safe Streets Task Force and involved the multi-agency vice, narcotics, metro, and intelligence unit, includes members of the Colorado Springs Police and the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. Uh, All of these folks are named as defendants along with the FBI. The agencies hyped their crackdown at a 2009 news conference announcing the arrest of 16 drug suspects allegedly tied to a street gang. What they left out, however, is that an FBI mole who was paid to infiltrate the group tried to kill a man that he was supposed to be spying on. And frequently these things happen. Uh, these infiltrators, uh, the informants, paid informants, are some of the scummiest of scum. You, you're dealing with snitches. Right. These guys are the low, I mean, really the lowest of the low in the criminal world. So Pedro, or excuse me, not Pedro, but uh, Pasayo Rodarte, a reputed gang member with a long rap sheet, left a meeting with his FBI handlers in February of '09, and then allegedly shot up a home belonging to... George Perez, the FBI's chief investigative target, uh, which apparently was just a few days t- doors down from where this old woman lived. Now, no one was injured in this case, uh, but a bullet did pierce a woman's pant leg and passed within inches of a four-year-old boy. So uh. the, the fact that they were even you know, working with this character is, uh, is just amazing. They'll, they'll, they'll work with the, just the scum of the earth and just, just so they can get a drug conviction. Just so they can get somebody else put in a, a federal prison for drugs where, by the way, well over half of the prisoners, I think it's something like 70% of prisoners in federal uh, prisons are there for drugs. And typically what is offered to these snitches? I believe it's cash. And uh, certainly initially when they are in trouble, it's to get them off of whatever their charges right. are. So this, you can negotiate with the state. To be able to take your drugs and get permission and get paid if you'll rat out other people. So really, it has nothing to do with morality. It has nothing to do with right or wrong. It has everything to do with generating revenue for the state and justifying their existence. Another setback for investigators came in 2010 with a fourth judicial district judge tossed out wiretapping evidence against the group, finding that another judge inappropriately granted permission for the eavesdropping. Now, that's a pretty unusual thing for one judge to just, you know, basically uh, indict another judge by saying, well, this judge went too far. You, this, was, this warrant is illegal, essentially, so you know, all the eavesdropping work you've done has been uh, for naught. So there are all kinds of mistakes that the police make out there, by the way, when, when they're looking to go after you for something. They you know, they cut corners in a lot of instances. And the reason they do that is because they are expecting you to take a plea deal. They know that they can just cut corners left and right and that all they have to do is just arrest somebody and charge them with a bunch of crimes, offer them a plea deal, and 99.9% of the time they're going to take it. Yep. So they don't actually have to do the detective Collect work. Collect some money. They don't have to do the detective work. They don't have to make sure that they've been careful about doing their detective work. And the only way you can find out if they've made a mistake is to not take the plea deal and take it to trial and get discovery and look at their evidence. It's Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And 
It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll free. And that number for you is 1 855 450 free. It's 855 450 3733. And of course, you can take control of these airwaves. That's the point of the program. And you've been hearing about bitcoins on Free Talk Live for a while now, but maybe you hadn't quite figured out how to get them. Well, now there's an easy way. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the U.S. And once you have your Bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. Works like a person-to-person cash transaction, but on the Internet. Learn more at exchangebitcoins.com. That's exchangebitcoins.com. Isn't the Free State Project doing something with Bitcoins? Yeah, I heard something about that. I think they're, they're sending off- bitcoins yeah. to people or something like that. So I don't, I don't know all the details. I don't know where you can go to get details. Maybe the Free State Project uh, forum at freestateproject.org. So and we'll tell you more about the Free State Project here in a little bit. MSNBC reporting. I said I had other news on the uh, what's happening to some of the medical marijuana dispensaries out in California. As you would pointed out before, Michelle, they have just been under constant fire from the federal government recently with a couple of them having their bank accounts targeted by the Internal Revenue Service. Yep. And that's not all. According to the Associated Press, San Francisco federal prosecutors are cracking down on some pot dispensaries in California, warning the stores they must shut down in 45 days or face criminal charges and confiscation of their property, even if they're operating legally under the state's 15-year-old medical marijuana law. In an escalation of the ongoing conflict between the U.S. government and the nation's burgeoning medical marijuana industry... At least 16 pot shops or their landlords received letters this week stating they're violating federal drug laws, even though medical marijuana is completely legal in California. The state's four U.S. attorneys were scheduled to announce a broader coordinated crackdown. So my guess here is that, and this is a relatively fresh story. It's about a week old at this point. My guess is they're trying to focus on you know, just some dispensaries, just a handful of them says here at least 16 uh, pot shops. So they're, they're just focusing on a few to see how effective they'll be at intimidating them. Right. It's they, a control issue. Yeah. They, they, and so if they have good, you know, if they have positive results from the Fed's perspective uh, with threatening 16 of the shops, then they'll threaten 160 of them. And then they'll threaten, you know, a thousand of them or however many there are. Hopefully all the pot smokers of California will get out there and, and uh, stand in front of the dispensaries and... Load that, up a load up a bong load and blow smoke. They could just make this big, huge cloud of marijuana smoke. That would be heroic, <laughs> and I certainly like the way you think about that, Michelle. I just don't know. You know, cert- certainly there's a certain stereotype. I'm all for people being heroes. Be yeah. your own hero, people. Come on. There's there's a certain stereotype that comes along with uh, with pot smokers, and while it's definitely not true of a lot of uh, marijuana consumers, in some cases it is, and that is that you know that. 
they've got what they want. They've got their marijuana, so why are they going to go put their butts on the line for some store vendor? Because having marijuana just isn't enough. Their offices refused Thursday <laughs> to confirm the closure uh, closure orders. Associated Press obtained copies of the letters that a prosecutor sent to at least 12 dispensaries just in San Diego. They state that the federal law, quote, takes precedence over state law and applies regardless of the particular uses for which a dispensary is selling and distributing marijuana. Under United States law, dispensaries' operations involving states and distribution sales, rather, and distribution of marijuana are illegal and subject to criminal prosecution and civil enforcement actions. According to letters signed by the some attorney from San Diego uh, for the U.S., quote, real and personal property involved in such operations are subject to seizure and forfeiture to the United States, regardless of the purported purpose of the dispensary. The move comes a little more than two months after the Obama administration toughened its stand on medical marijuana. Now, as you may recall, there was a certain incident where uh, the Obama administration, after he was elected, there was this kind of this big deal about uh, his administration. Oh, they know how to use the Internet. They're so hip. And so they had this uh, website where people could ask questions. And the idea was they were going to take the most asked questions and ask them of Obama, get the answers and publish them. Well, the number one question was uh, about marijuana decriminalization or marijuana legalization. And, you know, he came right out and said, no, I don't support that. So it was clear that people are very interested in this. All the polling numbers show. He doesn't support it being legal for you. I guarantee you he smokes the pipe. Or has in the past. Let's talk to Kevin listening in Indy to WXNT. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Michelle. Hi, I've called in before and... uh... The, my first statement is prohibition never works in any form. And yes, there's there's an interesting show on HBO, it's Boardwalk Empire, and it mm-hmm. deals with prohibition uh, back in the 20s and how the basically the politicians and powers that be control all the money. They wanted it, uh, they wanted it illegal. And I believe the same thing takes place with uh, marijuana. I think a lot of the people, powers behind the scene actually are the powers that you know, be, and they control everything. And they don't want it legalized. And there's also a tremendous market uh, in the criminal system where if somebody's convicted of uh, drug usage, they have to go through such an incredible they have to legal counsel, and then they have to pay for classes. They have to, you know, they have to go to Fairbanks Hospital, the whole bit. So it's yep. just a it's just a huge racket. I don't think that either George Bush or his daughter had to go through any of that, though, and they were both cocaine addicts. So No, no doubt about it. And, <laughs> and I completely agree with you, Kevin. It is a racket, and there's a lot of money that's being made by the people on the enforcement side, and there's also a lot of money being made by the people in the black market, uh, specifically you know, the high-level drug dealers, that they don't want prohibition to go away. The government people, whether the government guys are corrupt or not, and I think you're right that a lot of them are, whether they are corrupt or not, all of them are profiting from the war on drugs, and so... Therefore, they have a disincentive to do anything to change it. But it's a source of revenue, just like back in the days when bootlegging alcohol. But the other thing is that maybe we could sell them on is that, okay, if you legalize marijuana, you can still go after the people they're driving illegally. In other words, they're out there driving. Uh, just go after them and start enforcing them. And, we, and, of course, you and I, we don't want people driving that are intoxicated. So, you know, you're kind of in favor of that. So maybe we could just sell them on the idea, well, you, could, you still have those folks to go after. Maybe they'd legalize it and you know, do whatever. But I think that would solve a lot of problems, keep a lot of people out of prison, and uh, and perhaps, perhaps, uh, you know, would lead to other, you know, uh, 
Prohibition. I, I just think all drugs should be uh, legal. That's the only important. way to solve the problem. I yeah, agree with yeah, you on yeah. prohibition, but you made a statement and you included us in that. And I want to clarify that, no, I'm not really so worried about um, people driving under the influence. I'm more concerned about... Uh, you know, I, I'm in general. I want people to exercise discretion and, and wisdom and. Uh, well, I, I'm pretty steward. concerned about dangerous driving. Exactly, but my, well, but you know, people will clarify that if you're driving under the influence, that somehow you know that's more uh, serious than just being a bad driver. There are plenty of people out there that are sober and they still drive like crap. So, so I'm curious: is it worse uh, if it, you are drunk when you hit someone with your car, or if you're just going? you know one mile an hour and you hit them take the monies and, and put it into enforcement of, of traffic laws how's that kevin thanks Check for the call out. man i appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE that's 1-855-450-FREE-3733 i think most traffic laws need to be abolished too uh, because they're just money they're just money making that's all it's about yeah ian we're coming up free talk live as a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI. The number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Michelle. And we invite you online over at freetalklive.com. Lots of features to be found. They are free, uh, so do head over there and enjoy those, including the wiki. You can go and interact uh, by editing virtually anything that you see on the wiki. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com will get you there and you can enjoy that like all the other features on our website completely free. We mentioned the Free State Project earlier tonight. It's worth mentioning uh, again because, well, that's the reason we moved here. Uh, Michelle, you and I and uh, hundreds of others, soon thousands of others uh, yes. will have made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. The idea is a simple one to get together people who love freedom, to get them together all in the same place so that we can achieve liberty in our lifetime. Not just a little bit of more freedom, but more significantly. You'll, you'll get more freedom usually simply by moving to New Hampshire because it is the freest place in the so-called United States. Uh, but there's a lot of problems still. I mean, there are problems everywhere, but it's, it's going to be possible to solve these problems. We have the boots on the ground. We have the well, numbers. Well, it's not just the Free State Project and those of us that are here, but the reason why New Hampshire was chosen is because of the liberty-mindedness of the people that are already here. So so you have Free Staters. You also have, you know, pre-Staters, I guess you'd say, and local natives who are, you know, pretty... are. The most liberty oriented people I've ever been around. Mm. And, you know, even if even if things were not as free as they are in New Hampshire, the fact that there is a support system and a network like today, I went to the courthouse and you popped in there with me, you know, and just the fact that I know that for any of those situations that I encounter that I have a support system, it makes all the difference. It sure does. It's great to be here. And the people that are coming here are just amazing people. 
I, I, I'm so proud to to know a lot of these these folks that are here already, and I'm so excited to find out that there are you know dozens more on the immediate horizon, and then thousands more past that. Over eleven thousand people have signed up at freestateproject.org to make the move here and get in, uh, you know, and get involved. And because getting involved, having numbers on your side makes all the difference in the world, and having numbers of principled people makes a big difference too. You go and you look what's happening out in California where the pot dispensaries are under attack. Uh, those poor people, you know, they, they're, they're only, their only real issue is medical marijuana and they can't even keep their ground on that one. And some of those people are like not just a little bit ill, but like seriously oh, ill, yeah. dying of cancer, have MS, debilitated. And, they don't care. Right. They don't care about helping anybody. They're going in and destroying people's lives. The feds have now threatened uh, over a dozen facilities, uh, medical marijuana dispensaries in the state of California saying, you better close up or we're coming. You close up shop, call it a day, or we're going to come and just take all of your stuff is basically what they're doing. And in some cases, they're raiding bank accounts uh, of these. Yes. So they've raided bank accounts. And I imagine that those people who have the bank accounts have to pay bills. They pay mortgages or rent or whatever. You can so, go flip burgers now. Yes. And so now those people who were going to, you know, that, that economics of, uh, of uh, injecting money into the, econ- the economy is not going to be, it's not going to be injected into the economy. And um, therefore, we're just that much further behind in terms of, uh, of free market enterprise and, and voluntary interactions. According to the story over at MSNBC, they've been told they must shut down in 45 days or face criminal charges and confiscation of their property. They, uh, the memo said that, or the notice said that it didn't matter what state law said. And so when you, when you have political changes that occur, as did in California in the mid-1990s, 1996's Proposition 215, which was voted overwhelmingly yep. you know, to allow people to have access to medical marijuana. And over the last decade and a half, it's been implemented slowly, but surely it has been implemented. Uh, police agencies have finally learned to leave people alone, uh, you know, if they have their medical cards and if everything. They're just it's not as bad of a scene on the state level, but the feds have never really let up. And so they've just continued to harass these uh, these owners. And when you come at an issue like this and you're not coming from it from a principled perspective, it's easy to lose your footing. It's easy to lose ground. So they came at it and they, they came at it just from the perspective of, well, let's help sick, sick people. And that's good. It's good to want to help sick people. But if you don't take it all the way then there's not much that, you know, that you don't really have a firm footing. And what I mean by taking it all the way is by advocating full drug decriminalization right. to completely change the situation that people have to deal with, eliminating the black market and all the nasty stuff that goes along with that. And also, apparently, you have to really take it all the way and secede. You, you, can't, you can't just do decriminalization because the feds are probably still going to come in in that instance. Uh, and, you know, they're certainly, if they're coming after people in wheelchairs, they're definitely going to come after somebody you know, buying bath salts or whatever it is that, uh, that right. products have been decriminalized because now they're making bath salts illegal. Uh, oh. so, are you kidding? Yeah. So, so the, you can't, I can't, I'm not allowed to take a bath with my bath salts and smoke a joint anymore. Well, you haven't heard about bath salts, have you? No. Oh, okay. Bath salts are the new designer drugs, actually. They're sold as bath salts, 
but oh. it says not for human consumption on it. But people are consuming them, and they you know they're they're smoking them, they're injecting them, oh. and they're designed to essentially to some extent ape uh, li- illegal drugs, but they're oh. slightly different in some oh. ways, and so therefore they they don't qualify as illegal. No, I wanted to put bath salts in my bathtub. No, I don't think they're. Li- I don't think they're making Epsom salts <laughs> illegal, but I think that. Uh, oh, okay. That these so-called bath salts are going to be. But my point being that even if you decriminalize drugs successfully, as long as the federal government exists and is is tyrannical as they are, they're going to come after you. They're going to come after the people doing business and in, in selling and, and buying drugs in the states. And so, therefore, I think the only real way around that, barring some, you know, barring the the implosion of the federal government, which hopefully will happen at some point in in the future, but it's hard to say when that'll be. You know, is it going to be five years or going to be fifty years? Who knows. Uh, in the meantime, it makes the most sense. If you've got the political wherewithal to do something like full drug decriminalization, you should be able to do something like secession. I mean, all of all of these are political uh, ideas. They're things that have to change through the system. Uh, and so why not push for it to go all the way and completely separate yourself from the federal government? I like the idea of people being on board and and educating themselves on the foundational fundamental principles of liberty and not just being agenda driven because so many people will have their pet agenda, whether it's, uh, you know, vehicles or food right. or marijuana, and they'll, you know, campaign for lack of a better word for their own, for their own interest without considering just a fundamental principle of liberty. That's why I'm saying it's important to have people get it on all levels. Yeah. Because that's what you have out in California. You've got some people want marijuana decrim. Some people want it just for medical marijuana. When the the actual uh, legalization ballot was put forth, as you may recall, it was the medical marijuana dealers who opposed it. Hmm. So they didn't want the laws to go any further. They wanted to have their little fiefdom right. of marijuana distribution yes. and not make it so anybody could just go and get into the business and sell to anybody. Right. They wanted to keep things the status quo. So as long as people aren't coming from a principled perspective, look at all the infighting that uh, mm-hmm. that you get. Everybody wants to have the system tailored just to their specifics. Back in the day when I was a, a big Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand mm-hmm. uh, student back when I was in high school and college, I um I had my philosophy professor suggest to me when I criticized that Ayn Rand did not have a complete philosophical school of thought that maybe I could come up with one and that I could complete it for her. And, you know, so I did a lot of writing. And what happened was my my novel or my, my book, not novel, but got shorter and shorter and shorter to where it just became one word. So my entire book on liberty what? would be no. Just that one oh, word. That's cute. You know, if you can yeah. say no without the threat of force, fraud, or coercion, then you are free. But if you are not able to say that, then in fact you're not. And, um, and that's, we're not. So yeah. So maybe I'll publish a book just with inside no. But no becomes <laughs> more powerful when more people say it too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an empowering thing for one person to say no, even in the face of adversary, and knowing that saying no might result in putting you in a jail cell, for instance. As I was recently there for fifty eight days, uh, it's personally empowering to do it on your own. But when a bunch of people do it together, it's that's exciting. When you can really start to make a difference. <laughs> more coming up. Eight five five four fifty free. That's toll free. Brought to you by SACL CAI. Eight five five four fifty free. It's free talk live. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business or relationships, 
the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At allsuccessclub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at allsuccessclub.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Michelle. And Michelle, you've actually spent time out in California. We've been talking about the yes. uh, the California crackdown, which actually isn't a California crackdown. It's just that's where it's happening. The uh, state of California does not have anything to do with this. It's the U.S. federal, federal government mm-hmm. uh, threatening Medical pot dispensaries, over a dozen of them, and saying, shut down, you got 45 days, shut down or else. We're coming in with criminal charges, and we're going to come and take your stuff. And that's what's going on uh, out there. That's not the only thing that's going on out there. I just heard last night that apparently there's some new law that bans open carry. So if you're a gun rights advocate... Mm-hmm. you are in a real bad way. California already had some pretty restrictive gun regulations, but at least open carry was allowed up until, from what I understand, just recently. Now, if I've misunderstood, you know, feel free to clarify that with me. But. I've never seen anyone... I grew up between there and Oregon for the most part, and I've never seen anyone open carry in California ever. No, it's probably way... something that's just not acceptably culturally out there. Mm-hmm. Probably going to just freak people out. The cops will likely mess with you either way, but right. apparently it was legal until just recently so that's out the door uh why are you still in california if you love liberty i know well you know i gotta say on on you know the behalf of people who are there the mountains and the ocean oh, you can be surfing pretty. and skiing in the same day and yeah, everything it's a, it's a pretty place but uh but pretty places you know sometimes they attract ugly people absolutely so not to say that I'm New choosing to live pretty. here instead of there. Right. So. Not to say New Hampshire isn't pretty. It is. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, but it's just that those ugly people like to go where it's warm in some cases. Right. So one eight five five four fifty free, the toll free number here. Let's go to Daryl calling from Texas. Daryl, you're on Free Talk Live. Ian, Michelle, I have a trivia question for you. Oh goody. Is there a prize? Do I win anything? Uh, possibly. Oh okay. you, you could possibly win. All right. What <laughs> did the two of you have in common with Gandhi and the Dalai Lama. We're civil disobedience activists that promote freedom and peace. It's a good answer. I'll take Michelle's answer. You're, you're on the right track. Oh. All of you are nominated for the Free Patriot Peace Prize. Oh, wow. Oh, and what is that? And voting is open until the end of the month. No, wait a minute. Hold on. So Gandhi has been nominated? Yes. Okay. I, so you, I know you didn't know about this. I've known about this, and I was actually really embarrassed when I saw my name on the list because of all the other names on there. I'm like, I don't belong on there. That's that's embarrassing. Now, <laughs> I haven't done anything to warrant to be on that list. Gandhi has been dead since 1948, so so you can just nominate anybody. It doesn't matter if they're still alive to accept the award. Uh, anyone can be nominated so long as the person. While they were living, if they're deceased, or if they are still living, advocates the non-aggression principle. I see. Did you nominate me? 
You did, uh, didn't I, you? I, I will not say who nominated <laughs> who. <laughs> well, that's neat. Now, has this prize uh, been given out before? Is this the first year it's happened? No, it's been given out before. Uh, Adam, it's actually um, the third year. Adam oh. Kokesh and, and Ron Paul are on there, right? Yeah. Ron Paul took the first piece, piece prize in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Kokesh was one of three winners last year. Uh, Adam Kokesh, the Iraq Veterans Against the War, and Bradley Manning were all recipients last year. So an organization can receive uh, re- can receive it? Iraq Veterans Against the War received it? Yes, as long as the organization advocates non-aggression. Hmm. Okay. And so uh, when will this uh, award be given out? What is the website that people can go to to learn more about it? Uh, you can go to peacepriz.freepatriot-press.com. Peace Prize. Voting is open until the end of the month. Peace Prize. And the winner will be announced the first weekend of December. Freepatriot-press.com. Is that right? Yes. Can I just go to Free Patriot Press and find it? Uh, it, Yeah, if you go to the Free Patriot Press website, up at the top, there's a link for Peace Prize. Excellent, sir. And I actually uh, was sent some books. I presume they were sent by you, uh, as you're the publisher, from what I understand, uh, while I was in prison. And uh, those were much appreciated. So you guys publish books there over the Free Patriot Press, and that's uh, that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, I just had the most recent book come out at the beginning of this month, and it's titled Duopoly, How the Republicrats Control the Electoral Process. Oh, fun! The one that uh, really went over well. I had a friend that I was doing some, uh, some say, spiritual or religious studies with. He was a Muslim in there, uh, and he really enjoyed the teachings of Yeshua, the anarcho teachings mm. of Yeshua, which is you know basically or Yeshua, either one. Yeshua, is yeah. that right? Okay, whatever. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, right? Yes. So, uh, so uh, that, that was cool. that's the Aramaic name, yes. Very good, Daryl. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at one eight five five four fifty free. That's the toll free number, and it's brought to you by SACL CAI. So one eight five five four fifty free. The the peace prize. That's cool. So like we've that. been nominated for uh, a peace prize, Ian. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, it says here that the uh, peace prize was founded in two thousand nine due to the history of the Nobel Prize Committee's reputation for selecting pro war recipients of the Nobel Peace Prize. So essentially. Mm-hmm. People were frustrated with, uh, I guess, the decline of the Nobel uh, Peace Prize, so they, they're competing with it. Yeah. The Free Patriot Peace Prize has a mission to recognize a person or group that actively supports and subscribes to the non-aggression principle that no one has the right under any circumstances to initiate force against another human being for any reason whatsoever, nor advocate the initiation of force, nor delegate it to anyone else. I'm on board with that. And there's a pretty big uh, group of people from which one uh, I know, like can vote Angela here. Keaton and and yeah, people anti-war. that are like superheroes. I mean, if you want to if you want to look at civil disobedience activist superheroes, there's like a list there. It's Cindy, pretty intimidated. Cindy Sheehan yep. uh, is up there as well. So there you go. Our toll-free number again, 855-453. Back to the news uh, out of California where medical marijuana dispensaries are being threatened. They've got 45 days to shut down. But, you know, it's funny, um, California and Arizona and Texas are all border states and, um, well, Arizona kind of, but, um, so there are all the drug rings and drug cartels and immigration laws and gun laws and drug laws are kind of all in cahoots with one another. 
And I find it really interesting that um, you were in jail, as you said, mm-hmm. during the Fast and Furious uh, breakout. With it's a gun Eric, thing, right? With Eric Holder. Yeah. I want to talk about that, but let's let's get through the uh, the drug story here. So we'll talk oh, more about gun running. I thought it was part gun, of the drug story. Well, it's certainly, re- it's certainly related, but uh, we'll get to that coming there up in There I go, jumping ahead of myself. Uh, so the Department of Justice has issued a policy memo to federal prosecutors as of the summertime in June, stating that marijuana dispensaries and licensed growers in states with medical marijuana laws could face prosecution for violating federal drug and money laundering laws. The effort to shutter California dispensaries appeared to be the most far-reaching effort so far to put that guidance into action. Kevin Sabet, a former advisor to the president's drug czar, says this really shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. The administration is simply making good on multiple threats issued since Obama took office. The challenge is to balance the scarcity of law enforcement resources and the sanctity of this country's medication approval process. It seems like the administration is simply making good on multiple statements made previously to appropriately strike that balance. Making good is a nice way to put following through on a threat. That's yeah, what and saying. what was that what was that part about you just said about uh drug practices? It's a challenge to balance the scarcity of law enforcement resources and the sanctity of this country's medica, uh, medication approval process. So basically saying that we the need to strike out. The medication approval process. Right. The FDA has just approved dogs uh, uh-huh. getting antidepressants. Oh, that's There's horrible. a pill for dogs now to get antipsychotic and antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication. That's crazy. It's absolutely insane. And, the and you know, I've been, I've had cancer before, and I, I think I've talked about that a little bit, but, you know, I used marijuana back at that time to, like, kind of just keep myself a little chilled because I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. And that was against the law, but the doctors could destroy my body with chemotherapy, and that was legal. And if I was having troubles, I could be prescribed anti-anxiety medication that would also make me ill, as well as other antidepressants, which a potential side effect would be that I could possibly commit suicide or commit murder if it was the wrong dose. And all that happens if I smoke too much pot is I fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, pot doesn't kill anybody. And I think it's interesting that he chose the word sanctity yes. of the country's medication approval process. Sanctity, uh, the definition, holiness of life or disposition, saintliness, something considered sacred. I think cannabis is sacred. Well, it apparently hasn't gone through the sacred governmental approval process, so therefore uh, you can't sell it. I worship God and God made weed. One eight five five four fifty free. That's one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. More coming up here. Hour three is next. You can take control. It's free talk. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems. Starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications. Living by candlelight or flashlight. It's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators. Any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. 
freetalklivesolar.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free. 1-855-450-FREE. That is the number brought to you by SACL CAI. 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Michelle. And uh, for those of you just tuning in, we've been talking about the crackdown that is apparently imminent out in California. Now, Interesting that the federal government would take the approach of warning people this time around. Looking in the last decade, we've seen the feds just coming in, swooping in and and raiding medical marijuana facilities out in California and stealing all their pot, taking all their cash and basically just leaving them with no arrests. Uh, That's how it used to be several years ago. Uh, Then there was kind of, they laid off for, at least it seemed like they laid off for a little while, and then once again started threatening people. And now they're saying to uh, over a dozen different facilities, they're saying you've got 45 days to shut down, or else we're going to come in and we're going to take all of your stuff. Well, it seems weird, doesn't it? Why Mm -hmm. would they do it that way? Because then they don't get, I mean, if, if if these dispensaries will actually comply and close their offices then the feds don't get their hands on all that weed and cash so what's what right because with it being legalized it's taxable what do you mean by that well it's if those dispensaries are they have income oh i see what you mean so so they're having you know they're claiming they should be supposedly claiming that income and and paying tax dollars and if they shut down then there are no tax dollars to generate the revenue that California Yeah, and the but federal... why would they care about that? I mean, that, Well, that's what I'm I... The DEA or whoever it is that's going to do these raids isn't getting money directly well, from Well, I'm the saying taxes. they're shooting themselves in the foot. I don't understand. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't they're understand being inconsistent completely. Well, so you're saying should they stay open entirely then they would make more in the long exactly. run. Exactly. In taxes, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But this is they their pride has been hurt, right? Because the California has been allowing people to sell marijuana to medical consumers for a decade plus now, and that's uh, you know that that hurts the pride of the people that are doing the the federal government's bidding, the the DEA and the other agents that are out there enforcing the war on drugs. So they're going to crack down. They're going to try to teach them a lesson. Uh, the commentary here says that. The challenge is to ba- balance the scarcity of law enforcement resources and the sanctity of this country's <laughs> medication approval process. It says it seems like the administration is simply making good on multiple statements made previously to appropriately strike that balance as though it's appropriate or good in any way to threaten people who are just doing business, selling product to people that are voluntarily purchasing it. A lawyer who represents Dispensary Marin Alliance for Medical Marijuana said its landlord received an extremely threatening letter on Wednesday invoking federal law that imposes an additional penalty for selling drugs within a thousand feet of schools, parks and playgrounds. The landlord was ordered to evict the 14 year old pot club or risk imprisonment plus forfeiture of the property and all the rent he has collected while the dispensary has been in business. That's a serious (laughs) threat. We're going wow. to put you in a cage. 
We're we're going to take your property and we're going to go ahead and raid your bank account for all of the rent that you've been collecting the entire time. What landlord is going to make a stand on this? What landlord is going to say, I am willing to stand up for my my client here, the person that's been renting I this want to property. see all the people that smoke weed standing up and normal and the other... What good's it going to do if know, the landlord w- kicks them out? Woody Harrelson, hello, where are you? They always target the people that are the most influential in any given situation. Mm-hmm. So what good is it going to do if a bunch of pot smokers are willing to come out and protest? That doesn't do any good if the landlord says, yeah, that's nice, I'm pulling my lease. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just, you know, I can't take this this risk. I've got properties spread out across town. You're one of uh, 10 properties that I own, and uh, my family does, you know, they don't want to see me in jail, so Absolutely. I, I'm done. So I'm I'm not suggesting that the that the protesters would be able to change the minds of the landlord. I'm suggesting that they could offer an, an alternative. An alternative know? to what? I would like to having the dispensaries go somewhere else or, you know, I just would like to see people that are benefiting from this rally in support of the dispensaries and the growers and the um, the advocates of marijuana. According to the piece here over at MSNBC, Merit Alliance's founder has been paying state and federal taxes for 14 years. And he says that they've cashed all the checks. Quote, all I hear from Obama is whining about his budget, but he has money to do this, which will actually reduce revenues. So making yes, your exact exactly. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Hermes, a spokesman for the medical marijuana advocacy groups Americans for Safe Access, said the warnings are part of what appears to be an attempt by the Obama administration to curb medical marijuana on multiple fronts and through multiple agencies. A series of dispensary raids in Montana, for example, involved agents not only from the FBI and U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, but also the IRS and even the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. Going after property right, owners. because cannabis is so dangerous to the environment? Who knows? (laughs) Going after property owners is not a new tactic, however. Five years ago, the Department of Justice made similar threats to about 300 Los Angeles area landlords who were renting space to medical marijuana outlets, some of whom were eventually evicted or closed their doors voluntarily. He says uh, it did did have an impact, uh, but the federal government never acted on its threats, never prosecuted anybody, and never even went to court to begin prosecutions. By and large, they were empty threats, but they relied on them and the cost of postage to shut down as many facilities as they could without having to engage in criminal enforcement activity. So that may answer my question as to why the 45-day warning? Why not just swoop right in and uh, take the stuff and make some arrests? Why not? Well, what he's suggesting here is if the feds were to actually go after these folks, that there might be a solid court case. Mm -hmm. Like there might be some way to balance uh, to you know to bring up states rights the so-called states rights right uh in court and possibly win which is also one of the reasons why some people say that the the feds never actually follow through with prosecuting pirate radio operators and and maybe there are some exceptions to this rule but i've never heard of them and if you know of one please feel free to clarify at 855-450-FREE but there are they use their intimidation tactics to get people to stop broadcasting mm-hmm. if they've got a pirate radio transmitter up. They'll tell you that they're going to threaten you with you know, you know, $20,000 in fines, possibly some jail time as well. This is what their, their letter that they will deliver to you will say, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. Who wants that? 
So most people shut off their transmitters. But if it actually comes down to it and they do levy a fine and they say, well, all right, well, Michelle, we found you operating this transmitter and now you've got a $10,000 fine. If you actually don't pay that, then it's my understanding that uh, they're not willing to go to court over it. They're not willing to actually take you to whatever that process would be that they would have to go through the federal government to get a court order that you have to pay that fine because they're concerned about free speech. They're concerned that somebody's mm-hmm. going to challenge their regulations on a free speech basis, and that challenge has never actually been allowed to have been made in court because they won't go to court. Similarly, maybe that's what he's saying here in California is that, well, they're not actually going to do the raids. They're just going to send these letters out like they did a few years ago. They're going to send these letters to a bunch of different facilities and just cross their fingers and hope they'll right, shut down. absolutely. Well, you know, prosecuting attorneys really use their statistics of win-loss ratios to move up the ladder, mm-hmm. you know, in, in you know, uh, whereas defense lawyers, you know, their win-loss ratios determine basically how much they can charge their clients and stuff. So for prosecuting attorneys, it's uh, a power issue. And so if, um, so if people take plea deals, essentially that counts as a win for the oh, state. Yeah. yeah, for the state. And um, it's a good win for the state because they haven't had to spend any money. to Exactly. Get so, you know, for all of you out there who are facing, you know, um, court cases and charges and things like that, both Ian and I, you know, go ahead and go to court when we're issued tickets, et cetera. And then we appeal decisions when they don't rule in our favor. I've and- never actually successfully appealed anything because uh, you're going to try to appeal. Yeah. But uh, they won't let me appeal because I won't pay them $180 to appeal. You can appeal to Superior Court in some instances and get a jury trial. But to actually appeal beyond that is, uh, is something that costs money or you have to give them a financial affidavit. And I'm not willing to do that either. So therefore, basically, I'm stuck in a place where I can't appeal. I think I'm going to appeal the 180 so I can cost them 1000 More coming up here at 855-453. That's the toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. Whether you want to talk about uh, the medical marijuana situation in California or anything you want, it's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the program. The toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio this evening, it's Ian. And Michelle. And we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. News updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for our emailed updates Or you can follow us via Twitter or Facebook or any combination of those three, whatever works best for you to get information. uh, You can do it, and it's free. So get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. If you're ready to stand up for freedom and you know the media is not going to help you, the establishment is not going to help you, then you need to do something. And you can help help the campaign of Ron Paul on blackthisout.com October 19th. It's a day where people are getting together and donating to Ron Paul's presidential campaign, and they're going to donate 
an amount that will be something that cannot be ignored by the mainstream media. So, and they did it successfully last year on the November 5th. Uh, money bomb. Now it's called blackthisout.com and it's happening October 19th. So join them over at blackthisout.com as we continue here with you and your thoughts. We've got Seth on the line in Virginia. Seth, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Michelle. I think I was talking to you on your, co- your co-host a couple weeks back. You just got out of jail, right? I did. Yes, sir. What's your opinion on a guy going to jail for breaking his probation because they found an empty beer bottle. I think probation is a horrible system that is basically designed to uh, to bring people back into jails and prisons around the country. The restrictions that are placed on people on probation are essentially it's it's almost impossible to not violate probation. But as I recall, you actually called in when I was on the air with Jason Talley and Mark Edge, and if I recall correctly. You are in favor of the state intervening in some instances and people going to jail for some things related to alcohol. Is that correct? No, that's incorrect. So go ahead and tell me more. Well, I just want to know your opinion on 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 a person on probation going to jail for a freaking beer bottle. No, I think it's outrageous. I think that I uh, I think probation should be eliminated. I mean, as far as changes that could happen to the system, I don't see what the reason for probation is besides a system to keep violating people and keep sending them back to jail. Well, I mean, the day before me and my family were going to Florida on vacation, they found that beer bottle. They put me in handcuffs in front of my wife. Oh, jeez. What were you on probation for? Picking my son up by his ankle to football practice on August 12, 2009. Well, see, the thing is, to me, it doesn't matter what somebody was on probation mm-hmm. for, because if if you didn't have probation, now, in our under our liberty oriented paradigm, Michelle, we like to we like the idea of restitution. Like, so if somebody's Absolutely. been victimized, they should be made whole by the okay. person who victimized them. God so, damn it! And who was victimized in my situation? I went to jail for a year, for not a year for. They tried to put me in jail for six months, but it ended up being a month. Did you hurt your son? No. CPS did an investigation. They found the allegations of abuse to be false. Well, you, you don't belong you in jail. And, and you still went to jail? Have yeah. you have you filed a suit against the state? No, I haven't. I suggest you I do. Probably, I probably won't win. No, I mean, yeah, I mean been, what do you... How are you going to do that, Michelle? I mean, it costs money to have attorneys, and attorneys don't just take cases usually. You can represent yourself. How, yeah, how the hell do you do that? But they're all buddies. They're all buddies. They're not, going, they're not going to award a judgment for me because they're all buddies. Right. You've got listened. to – go ahead. No, see, it's, it's very they're, they're difficult all, because – They're all it's... Facebook friends. They're all Facebook friends. Yeah, they all hang the out judges, together. The lawyers, they're all Facebook friends yeah. in the system. I I, have, I agree with uh, with Seth completely. I think it's a waste of time uh, to to do this sort of thing. If it's worthwhile, then then attorney will will pick it up and say, "Yeah, you got a great case. I'll go ahead and take this on." Uh, but I don't see attorneys banging down anybody's door around here, despite all of the obvious violations of the you know constitution and rights and right. things like I'm that. They hiring, just don't do anything. I'm not hiring an attorney for any of the things that I'm involved in. I think that, um, but I am a strong advocate of uh, sucking the state dry. Well, well, whenever you want to file a no, lawsuit, I, it costs money. So you're actually giving them money. In I, that I, case. I mean, I, I would, I would end up. Lo- I mean, I would just end up just paying money for nothing. I'm going to win. Yeah, that's how I but, feel about but, it. But I mean, I, I honestly believe I'm the first person in this country to actually end up going to jail with an incident with his kids where they found the allegations of abuse to be false. 
Actually, actually, Thomas Ball was a man um, here in Keene who back about four months ago, five months ago, self-immolated. He lit himself on fire out in front of Superior Court. Well, he did hit his child. Well, he he smacked her hand a little bit, but it didn't cause any redness or anything Uh, like that. Pretty sure he smacked her in the mouth, actually. There's more than that. There's more than that. I know about that. Yeah, he he smacked her in the mouth and caused her to bleed, Michelle. I mean, I never... Listen, I never... I didn't put a bruise on my kids. I did nothing to yeah. them. No, I don't. Think, I don't saying. think you should have been in jail, and you should have been. still found not guilty, though. Of it's abuse. true. He was. You're right about that. He was found not guilty of simple assault. Uh, he was never charged with anything besides that. Uh, but uh, hey, I'm with you, dude. You didn't belong in jail in the first place, and probation is just a system that's designed to uh, to violate you. Are you still well, out on me, probation? I got. I, I, um, this all happened in August of 2009. Mm-hmm. They separated me from my family for six and a half months, the final month in jail, and I got mm. two years probation. So I got four and a half months. Mm. Um, but what killed me about all this is, you know, my wife. You know, she works. I work. They would. I mean, I got four. I got triplets. Eight, they're they're nine years old now, and a daughter who's eleven. But they were you know two years younger then. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're like, good luck, woman. You're on your own. We're going to throw this father out of the house. Mm. Yep. Even though, even though they. They know that I, I don't abuse my kids. It's just it's unbelievable. It's the most inhumane, just horrible it is system. Inhumane. I like you. You know that, Ian? I like you. Oh, well, thanks, <laughs> Seth. I appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I think it should be gotten rid of entirely. Because, look, even if you just accept the kind of the punitive system of justice that they have here, so-called justice where somebody does something wrong and they have to sit in a jail cell. Right. We don't accept that. We Go think it corner. should be restitution. Right. But even if you just accept the, the punitive system... It should end after the jail sentence. It should be right. over. Look, right. whatever whatever the appropriate supposed sentence is should be what is served. Good time. Let them out early for good time. Whatever. But once they've served the time, it should be over. The probation system is just it's, – it's, it's worse than the suspended sentence. I have a suspended sentence where over my head there's this axe of uh, another nine months in jail hanging if I get in trouble in the next mm. two years. Probation is even worse because they can come into your home. They can oh search your home at any time. If, for instance, you're, let's say that you're, you're living with your parents or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, your parents aren't allowed to have beer in the house. You, you cannot right. have, a, like he said, an, an empty bottle of beer, violation of probation. Mm-hmm. Test, uh, test you know, dirty on a drug screen, violation of probation. Don't show up at the probation office on time for your weekly appointment, violation of probation. Leave the state, violation of probation. I mean, it, there's just so many different parameters placed on these folks. The, the guys I was in jail with, there were a lot of them in there for, for VOP. And and it's like it's just a revolving door. They just keep getting put back in. How is anyone speaking of supporting a family, how is anyone supposed to get their feet on the ground? Right. If at all times they feel like they're walking on eggshells because they know that at the, the drop of a hat, some uppity probation officer could find a reason basically to violate their probation and boom, they're right back in for six more months, maybe another year. And then when they get out, in most cases, it's my understanding probation resets. So here you go again. Here's another three more years of probation that you're on once you get out from the violation of probation. It's very tyrannical. It's horrific. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Tell your story. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. 
You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. A number brought to you by SACL CAI, by the way. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Michelle. And, of course, we invite you to our website. We've got listening options there. Live streams that are available around the clock for the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can get tuned in via our broadband or dial-up streams. Uh, plus, there are over 100 great radio stations across the country that air the show throughout the week. You'll get a list of them, our satellite listening options, including two XM satellite radio channels, and our free-to-air satellite channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to the show over your phone line. So go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Continuing with you and your thoughts, ladies first. Rachel is in Clearwater, Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rachel. Hi, how's it going? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I have a kind of a question. I was hoping you guys could help me out. I I have uh, lupus, and one of the problems I have is uh, getting and holding a job because I often have to quit because of my condition. And my entire family wants me to apply for Social Security disability, mm-hmm. and I kind of have a problem with that because I I you know I I try to do things on my own. I try to to work around it, but and I don't really want to go into the system and take from it, even though everyone's like, oh, well, you deserve it. You're, you have a disability. And I was kind of hoping maybe I could get some insight from you guys on that. Good question. Yeah, I am. Um, I have fortunately not been in a situation while I had children where I was desperate and out of work and out of money and homeless, etc. So I don't know how it would be to be in that situation. But when I was single and before I had kids, there was a period when I had no money and I was very ill and um, I was homeless and I was I was willing to die. But that was me. You know, so I didn't I didn't uh, go on any sort of public assistance and what have you. And and I was actually taken in by someone. I was over in Hawaii and I was taken in by someone who I had just met actually um, from a church. I wasn't a Christian at the time, but um, in any case, so, but I think, I think that's kind of radical. I don't, you know. Well, I don't, I don't behoove anybody for, for taking what is, what is out there. I mean, most of us have paid into the system. And so I don't think that there's anything more. See, I haven't paid into the system. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything necessarily morally wrong. Like before I stopped paying Social Security, they'd taken $10,000 from me. I got, you know, they give you those little uh, rundowns that they mail to you from time to time saying how much money they have. Uh, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I consider that money lost. I'm, you know, it's it's gone to me. But nonetheless, they are extracting wealth by force from most people who work and they get a paycheck. Uh, so I don't see anything, you know, particularly wrong with it. Obviously, it would be best to get something that 
I don't know what strings come attached to this whole disability program, if any. I would imagine there are some when it comes to it being a government program. Are you familiar with you know what what sort of hoops you might have to jump through? Um, a lot. Uh, actually, what I have is from the others I've spoken with. They have a difficulty getting Social Security because it's not really recognized as a disability. It kind of comes and goes. You know, you're not disabled all of the time, but you never know when you're going to wake up and not be able to walk. Mm-hmm. So it's that's kind so of, terrible. It's I'm so sorry. To... I'm sorry. What? I'm just so sorry that you're going through that. That's really that's difficult. Have you tried alternative medicine and all that? Yeah, I've I've definitely looked into other things. I have the more severe end of it, so I have to take a high quantity of medication to even live, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of, which is, is difficult. But um, you If know, you send me an email, I have a, a, a gathering of friends that are all into alternative medicine that have had, like, amazing results with people. I will um, put you in contact with them. Oh, wonderful. What's, what's your email? Did we set you up with a show email yet? I don't yeah. think we did. I don't think so. No, we haven't done that yet. So uh, <laughs> you can uh, send it to Michelle7 at AOL, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-S-E-V-E-N at AOL. Okay, cool. And, um, what, and, and put, yeah, put in the subject heading um, uh, free talk live slash lupus. Okay. And then I'll, okay, I'll know. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as signing up for the, the government, uh, you're saying it would be difficult because of the circumstances uh, that surround lupus? Is that what you were saying? Yes, it's difficult. I know people who have had to um, fight with lawyers for two years just to get, you know, to get considered. And I talked to one of my doctors who told me that um, he was like, well, until it actually does physical damage and your liver doesn't work or the kidney doesn't work anymore, you know, they're not going to accept you, but everyone's like, oh, we'll just keep applying and, and you can do it. And, you know, I have a valid reason, but at the same time, I kind of have this, like, I'm completely for liberty. I don't think that it's right for people to just, you know, go into the system and with all the economic problems that are happening, I kind of, it's hard for me to go through with it, you know. And I start looking into it and I start applying and it, it's just such a difficult process. I that bet. It, it, it's kind of hard for me to to really want to go through with it, you know. Um, I, I wish people you. that were totally healthy were as, you know, as courageous as you're being and as concerned about uh, freedom yeah. freedom, and not um, not using state funds and stuff. Rachel, will you uh, let us know what happens with your with your case as it kind of develops? Yeah, I can, I can definitely uh, keep in touch and right. let you guys know. Best wishes. I hope you get uh, get well, and uh, and thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's uh, talk to Zach, listening in Bradenton, Florida. Zach, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Michelle. Uh, before my what I called about, I want to comment on the last caller. Sure. Uh, maybe if uh, I must, I uh, I kind of have the same problem, but due to like attention and like obsessive compulsive, where it's kind of hard to keep down some job. But uh, I found one that works for me. But. Uh, she could always do something that's more uh, where she's in control of her own income, like uh, a craft or uh, make things, you know. Great point. I'm glad like you brought that up. It was something I'd intended to say at the beginning job. of the call, but I got a little distracted from that. And, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you're relying on somebody else to, uh, to employ you, then that can make life difficult and under difficult yep. medical circumstances. But if you're self-employed, if you're creating a product or service and offering it to the marketplace, you can su- take some time off usually if you're running your own ship and, uh, and you'll be all right. 
Yeah, I mean that's what I that's really my goal when I want to I want to go into engineering, and, uh, work more on a project basis where I could just take my own time, you know, not rely on really anyone, just have like short term contracts. Sometimes like, it takes time to get up to that yeah. point, which might be the the most tricky part for her. And obviously, we yeah. don't know what she there does. Definitely is a, you, a learning curve to whatever you want to learn, whatever yeah. you want to do. And there's an but, investment uh, curve as well. It's not just a learning curve, but in any business, in order for it to become profitable, yeah. there's an investment period where it takes a lot of your time and maybe a lot of your money up front. You know, for instance, Free Talk well, Live. We didn't make money at this show for years. I mean, it took five I'm years. Things, you know, ethical or not, but you, there is you know obviously available funds if you don't. If you don't have any qualms with getting it from the government, there's always money. Like she said, she's in a situation where she may or may not get it from the government. If she goes into business for herself, she might have something, you know, of some money that she can use maybe towards that to make more money. So what else were you uh, calling about tonight, Zach? Uh, I live in Bradenton, Florida, and uh, we have this weekly magazine called Gotcha. Okay. And it, uh, it shows everyone that was arrested in the past week in Manatee and Sarasota County. Oh, wow. Which, it's an interesting magazine. I usually get it. It's a dollar. It's like you know, printed on news, newsprint. Who is printing uh, that? Is it the sheriff's department? No, it's a private person. Interesting. It's all publicly available on the Internet. Right. And uh, I just usually buy it, and I, uh, I, you know, if I see anybody that I know, just, you know, wish them good luck. Mm-hmm. Or... Uh, you know, so talk to other people about it, you know, friends that maybe went to high school and we know each other and stuff like that. Sure. Just to, you know, just to keep up on random people. But uh, quite a bit, you see uh, the VOP in front of everything. Violation of probation. Mm. It's uh, sometimes up to 40 or 50 percent of the entire oh, magazine. So sad. Those are people's lives that are being destroyed by a system that does nothing to rehabilitate and them. And families. Thanks, Zach, for the call and the heads up on that. I appreciate it. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And nobody cares about uh, people in jail. Oh, they must all be bad. That's what people say to themselves. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com. Meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at allsuccessclub.com. Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your thoughts if you're already on the line. If not, well, you can call us tomorrow night. We'll do uh, this show every single night of the week. So join us Monday through Sunday from 7 to 10 Eastern over at freetalklive.com. And you're on your local radio station. Wait, we're not on your local station? Well, you can always contact them and you can ask real nice like for Free Talk Live and you never know. Maybe they'll pick up the Saturday show. Maybe they'll pick us up all seven nights a week. Uh, If you ask, you might receive. So if you want to get details on how to do that, you can go to localfac, localfaq.freetalklive.com. They'll give you some information on how to contact your local talk station. We do have over 100 great radio stations across the country that carry the show at various times throughout the week. You can learn more over at localfaq.freetalklive.com. To the phones and the fun. Let's go to Jeff listening in Cincinnati to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, Jeff. Hey. My neighbors over there in Wall Street on that, being one of them protesters. Now, sir, I'm not a college-educated man. I've worked 
my hands and back since I was 15 years old. And these people, my neighbors are college-educated people. And I think I told them, you could have put a gun to my head and I'm not signing no damn mortgage thousand dollars just because the bank says your home goes up in value every year. You said you're not signing a what? They, they, they went and signed, they, they kept on refinancing their home to buy all these new cars, boats, Right, everything. go on vacations and, with their kids in co- through school, uh, et cetera. And, and you know what I told them? I said, my daddy taught me a lot of things in life, and he told me slavery didn't end with the Civil War. Mm. He said, oh, if you owe right. people money, you're a slave to them. I like your him. daddy. You're a slave to him if you owe money. That's right. And I don't owe nobody nothing. Good on I you, said, man. you guys are screwballs. You see, it's the bank's fault. They put a gun to your head and made you sign that loan? How is it their fault? You know, you probably are a cash kind of guy. My uh, my son just walked in a little bit ago. I don't, I've never had a credit card in my life. There you go. And uh, he said to me, he said... I mean, I, I see too many people ruin their lives. I mean, I have two boys I put through college, right? They they come home and they show me their shiny new credit card. I said, wait a minute, where the hell did you get a credit card at? Mm-hmm. You don't even have a job. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the banks are all too willing to, to give them. They want you to be in debt when you get out of school. Yes, they and do. Work your whole right. life to pay it back. Yeah, they want those college kids to have college loans and credit card debt, yep. and then and then they're then you're they absolutely right. You. You're owned, no doubt. It's like it's like my two cats. I never bought them cat food, and my bro- wife said, "Why?" I said, "Because out there in that field, plenty of mice, and them cats are healthy as horses." I said, them other cats and neighbor that are always going to the vet because they eat cat food. I think it's all rigged. I think them pets spike that cat food to make them cats sick. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah, I, I, really, awesome. <laughs> I, I think it's I think the whole system's rigged. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it, it, it's like it's like this whole situation with the with the Wall Street people. I don't know about you, fellas, but in my life I don't trust anybody when it comes to money or women. And do you trust, do you trust women with your money? Well, my wife's done me good. I've been married 32 years. Right on. There you go. Hey, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know what my daddy told me? Why I've been married? You know why I've been married 32 years, ma'am? Why is that? It isn't about. It's not about finding the right person in your life. It's about being the right person. Awesome. And I try to be the right person for my my wife. What is your name? Tries to be the right person for me. This is my Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, and you're from where? Cincy. Uh, Cincy, Idaho, and the Red sucked this year. To your comments, yeah, he's got lots of good things to say. I love this guy. Uh, to your comments about the guys down in uh, in Wall Street, there are a lot of different people in yep. in Wall Street. And, and Michelle, you went down there for a yes. few days, so you got to meet a lot of them. Some of them, you're right. Some of them basically want the loan, their loans to be wiped away, and I think it's a very irresponsible no. position to to, uh, to take. But on the other hand, some of them are rightly pointing out that the banking system itself is screwed up. Yes. Uh, that for, you know, fractional reserve banking and the corporatism. Is is bad well, for the economy. You take, for example, my boss. Okay, my boss told me. I asked him about U.S. business sitting on record profits, and he sat down. And he said, "Look, I tell you something, sir, buddy. I have never used my money to grow my business. I use the bank's money, and if the bank don't lend me money, I'm scared to death. My payroll's two hundred thirty thousand a week. Now, let me ask you something, uh, you two people, right now." If you had to come up with $230,000 this Friday, would you be nervous if the bank wanted an anal exam to lend you money? <laughs> would I be nervous okay. if the bank wanted a what? what anal exam. Me. That's what I thought he said. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me, said, well, you got a payroll to meet. You have to have access to credit. He said, our entire economy 
is based on access to credit and revolving debt. Yep. As opposed to frugality and savings. Well, yeah. wait a minute, ma'am. If you had to go to the car lot to buy a brand new car, and the only way you could buy that car is go in there with a suitcase full of money and pay cash for it, they wouldn't sell a hell of a lot of cars. But the no. fact is, the, the average American buys a brand new car. It's almost half their annual salary. Right, because the they want it now. The way they're able to do that, they borrow money from the bank. Yeah, and they, that's because they want it now. They can't wait. They ha- they can't. They have to have it, and they can't put it off, put off their gratification. And so they pay the price. They pay through the nose. I mean, the the, the price of a brand new car, just flat, is expensive enough. Yes. But then you add in the cost of financing that brand new car, and you know it goes the price. Yeah. The price goes through the roof. It's crazy. Well, you know, for those that okay. have been holding cash, though, this is a really good, you know, time for everyone. My son just got back from doing a little shopping. He was buying socks. And he said, I don't understand, you know, this recession, why people are complaining. Everything's 50 to 75 percent off. And Ian and I pointed out the reason why they're complaining is because they don't have any cash, any money to buy those goods, even at 50 to 75 percent off. So for those that have been holding cash, now is a, a good time to uh, store up on goods. Yeah, I highly recommend against uh, acquiring debt for oneself. I think it's generally a, a, fair, a very destructive thing. I've done it twice in my life, and those were home mortgages. And I'm, I'm glad I have a home, you know, rather than having to rent a place. Uh, I, I, you know, I think for me that was constructive debt. But I think in many cases, uh, debt is, is, is very dangerous for people. I like my brother, my 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 one my one brother. He's a professional alcoholic. I mean, he he, he never wishes work, goes to work every day, and and he can't understand. And he looks like he, he's built like Steve Seagal. He's a fifth street black belt. The women like him, but he's been married six times. And he said, "Why don't women want me anymore?" I said, "Well, for one reason, is they don't like it when you when you spend all your money on alcohol." Yeah, yeah, that's he's that's the most irresponsible person when it comes to yeah you know, that, and they don't like it when you spend the rent money. I said, you can't talk to people like that, alcoholics, and you can't talk to people that don't know how to manage your money. You just can't talk to them. Jeff, you're the man. I, I appreciate that. your call, and I thank you for the thoughts. Don't hesitate to call us again, and uh, thank you, sir. Eight five five four fifty free is the number. Let's go to Paul in Asheville, North Carolina. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Michelle. Hey, hey, Paul. I have some questions about your time in jail. Sure. I spent 58 days in uh, Cheshire County Department of Corrections, or as I like to call it, the Keen Spiritual Retreat. Go ahead <laughs> yes. with your thoughts. Right. For uh, for delaying a cop car for one minute or so. Maybe 45 yeah. seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyhow, um, so I'm just curious because jail fascinates me. I've, I've been twice, never for that. I've uh, three days and then just a few hours one mm-hmm. time. Um, so I'm just wondering, uh, did you see any contraband while you were there? I didn't see any, uh, but then again, I wasn't in the market for it. Uh, were, I, you a, were you aware of anybody? Or yes, anybody I was okay. aware that uh, there were a variety of uh, drugs available in uh, the, the jail, as, as I understood it from some of my uh, cellmates. Uh, it's just that, you know, for me, I don't need to get high. Well, right. So, I know, I know. you know, uh, I'm, I'm not curious. going to, I'm not going to risk having more time in jail uh, oh, just course. so I can get to, you know, get a uh, buzz, but some I'm guys curious. will. What was available? 
I know for sure marijuana was available. Um, so that means it's coming in th- from someone on the outside. It's coming in. Yeah, they have work crews. Uh, well, hold on. I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Yeah, marijuana was available, and I've heard that other things were available, that, but uh, the, the specifics were not uh, given to me. Such as, like, probably, like, prescriptions or tobacco or something. Prescriptions are relatively popular amongst uh, drug users, so it's likely that that's the case. I know that cigarettes uh, or tobacco of some sort was uh, was available um also likely i would imagine heroin was in there as well okay uh what about weapons uh what about weapons did i see any weapons no i did not see any weapons i did not hear about uh, or anything like that what's that were you aware of it or anything no i was not aware of anything like that uh happening at all probably like an undercover cop and he's like seeking you out so he can like yeah yeah yeah. i wouldn't give any (laughs) names uh, i'm a uh uh, I'm a long-time listener and uh, uh, eventually going to be in uh, the free state. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, so uh, did, you hear, uh, did you hear about any rumors of, um, of how, uh, um, you know, how it would come in? Well, there's only two ways it could come in. One exactly. uh, is rectally, and two Ew. is uh, through a guard, and most of no, it comes... No, no, no but, uh, but uh, you, you, have to, you have to squat cough. That doesn't matter. That that doesn't matter. They do it anyway. And some guards are more attentive to uh, you know the rectal area than others. So let's just say that most of it's coming in through people's butts. See you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Thanks, Paul. And now it's time for the Leadership Radio Minute with tips and advice on how to maximize your own leadership potential. Here's international leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell. Can you name one organization that gets the least from its people, yet is the best at what it does? Of course not. Why? Because it's impossible for any group of people to be successful when they aren't giving their best. When you give people your best by investing in them, they learn to become their best. And they give their best. Success demands that we give our best. That may be more than most people are willing to offer, but it's not more than they are able to offer. Good leadership often makes the difference. As a leader, if you give your best to help others give their best, your organization will always be at its best. For the Leadership Radio Minute, I'm John C. Maxwell. For more information on how to maximize your own leadership potential, please visit johnmaxwell.com. True leadership isn't a matter of having a certain job or title. In fact, being chosen for a position is only the first of the five levels every effective leader achieves. In his new book, The Five Levels of Leadership, leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell helps you to become more than the boss people follow only because they're required to. He gives advice on how to grow further, achieve results, and build a team that produces. The Five Levels of Leadership, the newest book from John C. Maxwell, is available wherever books are sold.